All right, thanks, Scott Shannon. Thanks to all of you. Glad you're with us. Happy Friday, TGIF 800-941-SEAN, a number you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Let me tell you why this has not been a good week for Joe Biden. Let me start with the visual down in Georgia. Joe Biden, Joe Biden, they go visit former President Jimmy Carter. So Jill and Joe Biden, they're not surrounded by anybody. Both have been vaccinated. Okay, they they still have their masks on outdoors. And Jen Psaki's explanation, that's an, an extra precaution. Why does he need an extra precaution? Because my understanding, that's not what we were all told. Separate question. I mean, they, they talk about conservatives that are anti-vax. I, I don't know who's anti-science and anti-vax. There are some people through whatever for whatever reason that I can't possibly understand because I don't know about their private medical history uh, or or maybe their own research. I don't know why they make their own decision. I, I just don't feel comfortable as a talk show host telling people what to do. I urge people to really study this hard, read all the information you can get your hands on. You know, look at your own unique individual medical condition. Have long conversations if you need to with your doctor uh, or doctors and the medical professionals that you know in your life that you you trust and you have faith in. And um, and it's available. But we were told that when you get the vaccine, we're going to get life back to normal. And again, the bar keeps getting raised and moved and shifted and changed constantly. And it gets very frustrating and And frankly, it becomes confusing for the American people. And I don't think it's fair. And the oddest part is, is there's Jill and Joe Biden. They're outdoors. They're socially distanced from others. They've both been vaccinated. They have their masks on. They walk into the Carter's home. And then they're sitting around the 96-year-old former president, his 93-year-old wife, uh, on top of each other with no mask on. Then they leave the Carter's home. And then they have the mask on again. And I'm like, okay, help me out here. Anyway, Joe explains why he's still wearing a mask indoors after Jen Psaki explained why he's wearing the mask outdoors. I'm not sure whoever, nobody's ever given an explanation why he's wearing it on a Zoom call with other world leaders when I assume it's just him on the Zoom call. Unless he has aides next to him quickly writing him notes so he knows what to say. I don't know if that's happening either. Here's what he said about why he still wears the masks indoors. Uh, on CDC mask you walked out to the podium with your mask on. Why do you choose to wear a mask so often when you're vaccinated and you're around other people who are vaccinated? I'm worried about you. That's a joke. It's a joke. Why, why am I wearing the mask? Because when we're inside, it's still good policy to wear the mask. That's why. When I'm outside, and the problem is, lots of times I walk away from this podium, you notice I forget to put my mask back on because I'm used to not wearing it outside. Well, I'm, I'm, so is it? Is it a show? Is it necessary? Just clarify it so that people can, you know, know where you stand completely on all of that. But it doesn't seem to want to do that. And, you know, the confusion is created by Democrats. I think Republicans have been, well, most people that I know have been pretty clear. You know, everyone underestimates the American people, too. American people, trust me, everybody's been impacted by this this darn pandemic. It's been awful. Everybody knows somebody that had a tough time with coronavirus. Everybody. Everybody now knows about masks. Everybody knows about social distancing. Everybody knows about three vaccines being available. 
Everybody now knows they're pretty much available any place, any time, if you haven't gotten it, for anybody 16 years and older. And, you know, like the, the, Ron DeSantis said, yeah, the state of emergency is finally over in the state of Florida. You know, his schools have been open since August. California's yet to open the schools. Disneyland Florida opened nine months ago. Disney World, whatever they call it, out in California opened a week ago. And the schools still aren't open in states like fully in states like New York, California, et cetera, et cetera. You know, um, just it's it's really bizarre to me. Anyway, uh, and then we have this week, Jen Psaki, circle back, you know, the press secretary admitting that she cringes pretty much every time Biden takes a question from reporters outside of the formal setting of a White House press conference. Her answer is it's not something we recommend. I'm like, she told David Axelrod. A lot of times we say, don't take questions, but he's going to, you know, do what he wants to do because he's the president. The first time I traveled with him, he took questions from the pool three times that day. And I thought, am I going to be fired when I get back? Because she recalled later that, you know, he does that, likes doing that. And he doesn't like taking questions. If the Biden administration has done one thing, they have they have been able to successfully hide him to the maximum extent ever possible for anybody that is the president of the United States. And then he goes out there and we have this horrific jobs report today. And there's reasons for that. We're going to get into the specific reasons. You know, the unemployment benefits that he keeps providing at record numbers in record amounts of money. You know, we've been telling about a job shortage everywhere. It's been written about everywhere now. Help wanted signs posted on practically every storefront now in every city and every town. You know, how does McDonald's end up paying 50 bucks for somebody that will just apply for a job? And I guess their hope is, is that maybe you can talk somebody into wanting to work there, beg them and plead with them to work. We had this call the other day, you know, waiting at a restaurant and all the tables aren't clean. Ask the waitress what's going on. And yeah, we don't have enough workers here. I mean, that is sad. Anyway, Biden's that is directly related to his decision to extend unemployment benefits through September, prompting millions of Americans and workers to stick with government handouts, which may in cases now pay as much, if not more than their previous work. Now, Ron DeSantis, now the South Carolina governor's stepped up to and said no more. You know, for the for the strings attached to the bailout of, of blue states that they are not allowed to cut taxes in their states. Well, that would be unconstitutional on the on on the face of it. But what a requirement. What a statement that is. If you want the bailout money, you can't raise taxes in your state. You don't have the right to do that. Texas rightly suing over that, being joined by other states there. But after the pandemic slammed the economy in March of 2020, you remember the big jump in the jobless rate? Up to that point, President Trump had shattered every low unemployment record for every demographic in the country. I, I had remember they had been expecting unemployment as high as maybe 25 percent. Now, it did skyrocket to 14.7 two months within two months. Economic growth actually began returning. I was shocked it came back in June of 2020. I remember being on this program. I was telling you I was shocked because the economy added four point million 
jobs that single month, shrinking the unemployment rate dramatically. And that trend continued till March of this year, which is pretty much the Trump economy. When Biden signed a very generous program of unextended and unemployment benefits into law. I'm not saying not to hire people that are out of work or still being impacted by the pandemic, but the emergency COVID bailout bill of $2 trillion a Joe, only 9% went to emergency COVID relief. A lot of it went as down payment for the new green deal, blue state bailout money. Some of those blue states, why didn't they have a provision saying you, you can't give checks like they are in New York and New Jersey and California to people that are in the country illegally and didn't respect our laws and our sovereignty and our borders, because that's what those three states are doing. Fox Business today writes an unexpected hiring boom crashed into a wall in April. Employers adding a measly 266,000 new jobs, sharply missing Wall Street's expectations. They, they were thinking a million or more. Growing shortage now nationwide of available workers. Unemployment rate goes up to 6.1%. And, okay, in states like California, you know, they have the third highest unemployment rate in the country. Anyway, it's certainly down from its peak, but that recovery had already begun under Donald Trump. And companies are, are speaking out, and they are blaming the emergency COVID relief package that Biden signed into law that was really a blue state bailout, and the fact that they... It boosted unemployment aid by 300 bucks a week, included a third of $1,400 payment for millions of Americans and Americans who earned less than $32,000 before the crisis. You know, it would then now be better off in the near term collecting the benefits than working. That was a figure given out by the Bank of America. You know, we've known for some time that there are tensions or mismatches between the demand for workers and a large, large number of job openings for a large number of unemployed individuals. Listen, I, I can tell you this, and I really believe this with all my heart. I think one of the worst things that can happen to people is that they not have something to do every day. Now, I'm not talking about necessarily retired people that have worked hard their entire life, saved enough money, have their pension, have their Social Security, and if they don't want to work, I don't blame them. But there are other people that retire that I know. And they're looking forward to, I'm going to go fishing every day. I'm going to play golf. I'm going to go travel. And, you know, three months later, you talk to them. I mean, how was it going? They hate it. They can't, they're bored out of their minds. But, if, you know, what, it's not good for people to not, not to provide goods and services for others. You need a purpose. In life, life is not all about yourself. When you, when you work, you're providing other people with things. You feel good about the things you do. I'll never forget when I worked in contracting, and I started as a house painter. I paint a house outdoors, indoors. I finished painting a room after a day or hanging paper in a room or if I, when I became a pretty good tile layer. I used to lay marble. It's an art. It's a craft. I learned from some really talented people. You know, you'd start a project and then, you know, you're just focused on every area. And then you go back, you pack it up for the day. And the personal satisfaction I had when I'd look at what I'd completed that day or a job being completed. I mean, there's enormous personal satisfaction accomplishing something on your own through the process known as work. 
Now, we work really hard on this show. I, I can't quite see the the results of this work like I could in a, in a construction project or, you know, if somebody asked me for a particular drink uh, and I take the time when I was a bartender and I make it just right. I was known for my strawberry daiquiris, pina coladas, all these drinks that took forever to make, and they were a pain in the ass, and every other bartender I work with hated making them because it slowed us down. It does slow you down. They didn't have these machines like they do now. We, you had to make them all by hand. Had to go in early and cut off the tops of every strawberry for an hour. But you take satisfaction in your work. You know, by the way, and it shouldn't surprise anybody, the blue states lost double the jobs than red states during the pandemic. Out there, a mayor, the San Francisco mayor, is saying we need a guaranteed income so people won't worry about how they'll pay bills. You're robbing them of of finding talents and giving back and living a life if you do that. It's not going to end well for them or for anybody else. 925 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. So it's not been a good week for Joe. And these numbers are terrible. And it's all backfired and socialism doesn't work and giving people everything free, free, free. Everything's free. It sounds great. You know, Joe Biden, April 20 to 21 job or moving more rapidly than I thought. No, we're not. Everybody on Wall Street is saying, no, we are not. All these businesses trying to get back back to where they were. They now can't find workers because of the Biden giveaways. Now, and this is all part of where they want to take the country. San Francisco, this is only a preview of coming attractions. Guaranteed income. What is a guaranteed income? So people won't have to worry about how they will pay their bills. Okay, that means they don't have to work. And when people are given the choice, yeah, working, not working, they get free health care, they get free school, they get free, you know, retirement. Why bother? It's not. Well, who's going to pay for all of that? Well, Joe says it's not. Nobody's going to have to pay anything for this trillions of new spending. I'm like, huh? It's like he said, there's no taxes. You know, he doesn't believe that his unemployment benefits had any diminishing effect on people returning to work. Yes, it did. This jobs report is a rebuttal that most Americans don't want to work. Because more Americans now are only they're not looking for jobs until they're going to have to look for jobs. And and that is the stress of life. I know it's appealing to many people on the left, particularly millennials. Millennials are out there thinking, wow, I, I won't have to worry about school. I won't have to worry if I have children that will have daycare and I'll have pre-K and I'll have, you know, then kindergarten through college paid for. And I don't have to worry about that. A guaranteed government wage, guaranteed government job, guaranteed government healthy food, a guaranteed health care. How did Obamacare? Why will you trust the people? Well, I'm trying to understand how stupid people are. Because the people that you squandered the Social Security lockbox money drove Medicare and Social Security into bankruptcy that can't keep cities safe and secure and, and keep law and order. The, the, the same people that destroyed the public school system in states where, you know, a lot of kids can't even meet the basic level on reading and math and and didn't keep their Obamacare promises. Why do you trust them to keep these promises? Because they're never going to be able to fulfill what they say they're going to fulfill. And you'll lose your freedom. 
All right, 25 till the top of the hour. So top marginal rates go up to uh, 40%. Then you've got all these proposed taxes locally. New York now looking at a 15% additional income tax rate. Then the capital gains tax increase. Then the corporate tax increase. Corporations don't pay taxes. You know, Newt is going to join us at the top of the hour. He had a, had a good article out today, Biden's hidden tax increase. Well, the first one you can mention is the price to fill up your tank and to heat and cool your home. I would add that. But he more specifically was talking about the fear of inflation, which would also lead to uh, rising interest rates. Janet Yellen let the cat out of the bag. Actually, two Biden officials said it this week, which, you know, you might want to check our friends at American uh, Mortgage Financing because now would be a good time while interest rates are low. Just my humble suggestion. I don't tell people what to do. Anyway, but we're all going to pay higher taxes. Inflation is, as New points out in this piece, a hidden tax. And it is powerful and it is unseen and it is unstoppable, you know, a way for government to pay for its goods and services without raising visible taxes that make people angry. How does California get away with not only the highest income tax rates in the country, how the hell do they get away with 50 cents a gallon in gas tax? So new quotes Warren Buffett, widely regarded as a, a you know reliable long-term investor, um, and Berkshire Hathaway, very well known. I don't know a whole lot about him except that he seems to have made a lot of good business deals in his life and in his career. Anyway, his private sector experience, reinforced by the former Secretary of the Treasury Larry Summers, warning that. The inflation indicators now are a flashing red alarm and all signs are for inflation to start breaking out. We were providing demand well in excess over the next couple of years of any plausible estimate of the uh, economy's potential to produce. uh, And that meant substantial price increases. Everything you buy now, everything you pay for, you pay more for. Gas goes up. Price of diesel goes up. Everything you buy usually is trucked in. Well, truckers aren't going to get paid less and truck uh, owners are not going to take less profits. They're going to pass that higher tax on to you. The same with manufacturers. Lumber prices right now are going through the roof. And it's like in some cases they're doubling. And and now it starts to hit the bottom line. I wonder if people are going to notice. And it's every, it sounds great, though. Everything's free. And then we're just going to take from this group of people and we're going to distribute the rest to other groups of people. Isn't that great? You know, and by the way, earmarks are now back, thanks to the Democrats. $4 million for a science center, $407,000 uh, for Native American arthritis, $436,000 for yoga, $250,000 for the Michelle Obama library. The long list of I, I, didn't Michelle Obama make a lot of money selling books. Why do the taxpayers have to pay for the library? Why not put it in the Barack Obama library? Make it part of that. Because I guess there's certain monies allocated there, too. Although I I thought they raised the money privately. I guess I'm wrong. You know, some of the uh, community project, let's see, 400 grand for, for toilets on a hiking trail. Boy, what did they do before the toilets? A $6.4 million project for the Gandhi Museum. $400,000 $400,000 for a cranberry research station. Three hundred grand for a dog park. Linda probably supports that. Nine hundred and seventy grand for string lights and lampposts. You do you support tax money for dog parks? Do I support tax money yeah. for dog parks? 
I mean, all you talk about is the fights you get into with, with other moms at the dog parks. Because okay, their do- dogs all, don't behave as well as your dog behaves. That only happened a couple of times. And one time it was Hugh Jackman's dog. And I felt very bad because he was very apologetic. He's also gorgeous. So it was very difficult for me to stay angry. His dog was neurotic. He was running around. He was barking. What does his looks have to do with the fact that his dog was acting up in the dog park? There's just a little color to the story, Sean. I'm just giving you a little filler, a <laughs> little detail. Listeners might like it, you know. Oh, I'm so glad Anywho. he could, I'm so glad he looked great in the dog park. Oh, he what looked did, fantastic. What, what did you his know, dog do? That was so well, bad. I, his dog was running around and actually peeing on people and biting other dogs. And, you know, he was just out of his mind. So I, I went over and I got the dog. I put my leash on his dog and I stood in the middle of the park and I said, whose dog is this? This dog is out of control. And he came over with his accent and his tall good looks and his broad shoulders. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Your dog is lovely. Oh, so, okay. Moving so if, you, if, you, if, if you're <laughs> a handsome dog owner... Or a beautiful dog owner, you get away with the misbehaving dog I may forgive etiquette you. <laughs> that didn't take place. You know, you really can't make this up. You really can't. It was amazing. You know, listen, this, well, these I are one of the privileges of living in New York City, right? Because you're able to, like, see these people at the dog park. And I'm just saying, like, he had his kids and his wife there, and they were super nice and mm. super apologetic. He's like, I'm so sorry. We're trying to train, train him. He doesn't listen. I was like, I got that. I gathered, you know. But anyhow. Oh, yeah. Well, but yes, I think if you live in a community, you know, sure. Going to have tax, taxpayer dollars go to a dog park, you know, sure. You put Democrats back in power, and this is what they do. And why do they spend money? Why do they like to d- redistribute money? Because it's power. You're going to put your faith, hope, and trust in people that everything they've ever promised you in the past, they destroy. You didn't get to keep your doctor's plans and save money. You know, millions lost their doctors, millions lost their plans. And we're paying all of us around 250% more when we were told we're all going to save $2,500 per year on average per family. That never happened. Social Security money, it's going to be there when you retire. It's in a lockbox. How much you want to bet? I, I, might just, I might just skate under the radar and get Social Security at the promised rate. I might. But then they're going to means test it. And then people that have paid into Social Security their entire lives are going to have that money stolen from them legally by the government. Because they're going to say, well, you saved enough. You have enough money. You don't need your Social Security check. We've determined you have plenty to live on. We're going to, t- we're going to steal your money. Because the promise was they'd keep it in a lockbox. There's no lockbox. They put it in the general fund. And they squandered it. They spent it. Why do, why do liberals love to spend money? Because it keeps them in power. They don't keep your city safe and secure. Look at New York. Look at Chicago. It's a mess. Story of a one-year-old shot in, a, in, in gunfire in the front page of the New York Post. A one-year-old in a stroller for crying out loud. You know, they're doing such a good job with every other responsibility we've given them. They're, those schools in so many of these dark blue states, they're really doing great. What do you have, 13 high schools in Baltimore? Not a single kid is proficient in, in math and reading? How do you spend? It's the second highest amount of money in terms of money spent per capita per student in the entire industrialized world, and they have 13 individual high schools where there's not a single kid proficient in math and reading. How is that? Now, I know they got time for all their woke curriculum, 
How do you fail on that spectacular level? And why is it appealing to so many that they, what, everything's going to be guaranteed, daycare? will? I don't want government daycare. You know, government now already in public schools indoctrinates our kids. You know, the latest is the, the, the woke curriculum. Uh, can we just stick to the basics? Let's teach our kids first to read and to write and to do math. Maybe a little bit of science would be helpful. Maybe some history, although I have great doubts that the history that is going to be taught is most parents will agree with. So maybe we'll put that. Maybe parents can do that privately. How about we teach kids to read at the highest level possible and demand and put standards in school? How about how about we start there? And how about we leave values to mom and dad so that they can do their jobs? Because they might have different values than liberal Democrats. But they do it because they get power. Because they've, the liberals think, well, okay, there's a, a lot less people that are poor. That they have a lot more people that are middle class, a lot more people that are poor than there are these evil, wascally rich people. Now, I don't know why it was always, when I was poor, I never thought that I had a right to a rich person's money. But I did like it that rich people came and hired me when I was a contractor and paid me to do work in their homes because that provided a good living for me. I was glad that when I worked in restaurants since I'm 12, that people could afford to go out to eat, and then some of them would even give me nice tips, and I, you know, I was a 12-year-old kid, I'd be happy as hell. I loved it. That was good for me. And I never got a job, I've said this, from a poor person. Everybody I've ever worked for has some amount of money Enough at least to pay me for whatever service or I was providing them. It's unbelievable. Why do we hate rich people? And then there's the hypocrisy of the Democrats. So I love this. Gretchen Wilson lied and said, I've never left the state of Michigan. I No, not at all. And got caught. Yeah, I went to Florida. There's a new report in the Daily Wire that she actually flied. She flew to Florida. She didn't get didn't even go American or JetBlue or Delta or any of these other companies. No, she had a private jet, which I'm not against at all. Good for her. It was barred from a billionaire to travel to Florida than when she said she didn't go. But all this money is spent to accumulate dependency. And with the dependency comes the power. And the power is to control every aspect of your life. Let me give you some lifelong advice, unsolicited as it is. Don't depend on the government for anything that they promise you. Don't depend on their retirement Social Security money. If it, 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 I'm telling you, if you're, if you're 50 years old or younger, it may not be there for you because it's a Ponzi scheme. It's no different in my mind than what, you know, everyone hated Bernie Madoff. Because he had a Ponzi scheme. The government Social Security squandering, that's a Ponzi scheme. The false promises of Obamacare. The false promises of educating our kids. The false promises on health care. All of these, all of these, it's, all it is is to make you dependent on them. So they have the power. Socialism, whatever you want to call it. Every time in history it's been tried. It has failed every single solitary time. And then you end up 
you know, angry and bitter because the promises are never fulfilled. There's more poverty, less wealth created, less people spending money. And, and it's just like, you know, we see people leaving states like New York and California, New Jersey and Illinois in droves. Imagine, you know, 1.3 million people leaving California in 10 years. Losing congressional seat for the first time in 170 years. Same with New York. There's no difference. Because rich people, most people that got rich, I don't know people that grew up with a silver spoon in their mouth. I don't know many of them. Some did. I even know kids that grew up fairly wealthy and their parents didn't give them a lot of money. They said, no, go earn your own money. And the story about the Trump kids is fascinating. Because whether they were flying first class or private, the kids were... They were in coach if they were coming. They weren't, they weren't with mom and dad. They don't have access. I, I know for years, I don't know what the case is now, that the Trump kids didn't have access to daddy's plane. The answer is you want a plane, go get your own plane. Go make enough money to earn your own. I, I kind of like that way of thinking. Because otherwise you're robbing people of whatever. Look, if you believe as I do in natural rights that God created every man, woman, and ch- child, and I believe that with all my heart, and that inside of every individual is talent. Now, there's also a propensity in the human experience, a tendency towards good or a tendency towards evil. So factoring that out for just a second, education bring forth from within, predicated on the idea that whatever talent you have is within, and if you nourish and you, you bring the sunlight and the water and the nourishment that's needed, the talents will come to fruition, talents that maybe most people don't even know they have in their life. That's the beauty of pursuing happiness, not guaranteeing results. It can only happen under freedom. When you give government all of this power to give you everything, every single time socialism has been tried, it ends with a large degree of lost freedom. And they're in control. And they create dependency. And if you still want all your government handouts, you got to keep electing them. How does that work for anybody? Um, let's see what else we've got here. Oh, Joe Biden's claiming the economy's moving in the right direction. No, it's not. The jobless rate has gotten worse. He's just outright lying, which is actually fairly common. Right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for being with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza? Man, it's a Friday. This has been a long... You know why it's a long week? Because we went to California. That's always a long week. Um, so with help wanted signs, I saw this big articles now coming out pretty much everywhere, posted on practically every storefront in America. Joe Biden's decision is to extend unemployment benefits through September. That is now prompting millions of American workers to stick with the government handout, which in many cases is paying as much, if not more than what their previous work was after the pandemic. Remember, it slammed the economy. The jobless rate was 14.7 percent much lower than many had anticipated, including myself. But then within two months economic growth returned in june 2020 remember the shock when the economy added 4.8 million jobs in a single month that the unemployment rate dropped dramatically that trend then continued continued until march of this year 
pretty much the Trump economy. And Biden signed uh, that very generous program of unexpected unemployment benefits into law. Remember, Democrats part of the new Green Deal. They want a guaranteed level of income. Well, a guaranteed level of income means people are going to make a decision. Well, if I can get this much for not working and make this much working, why would I bother to work? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's gotten so bad in some areas and some states that they're paying McDonald's. There's a McDonald's down in Florida that has has now decided to pay people 50 bucks if they'll just come in and sit for an interview. You don't have to even be interested in the job. Just go in. Sit for an interview. Probably if you ask for a free quarter pounder, they would they'd, they'd probably give you that, too. Um, so what's happening here is the extended unemployment numbers is causing a job growth collapse and the unemployment rate rises to six point one percent. That's not a surprise if you know simple, basic, fundamental economics. Um, it, it's it's kind of like one on one stuff with these guys. I don't know. Anyway. Let me play uh, Biden uh, commenting on the disappointing jobs numbers. But we have to do more than just build back. We have to build back better. A big miss to tell you about here. The labor force participation rate, 61.7 percent. We were looking for 978,000 jobs. We came in at 266,000 jobs, Maria, and the Dow is falling on this news. Now, the unemployment rate, we were looking to take down to 5.8 percent. The unemployment rate went up to 6.1%. So again, these are not the numbers that we were expecting whatsoever. Manufacturing employment actually edged down about 18,000 jobs following gains in the last two months. We also saw job losses in motor vehicles and parts down 27,000 as well. Professional and business services in terms of temporary help declined by 111,000 over that span. Women had a net job loss. They actually did not add any jobs. It's actually kind of funny when we're talking about 266,000 jobs added to the economy. It's a disappointment. Call it the big I, inflation. If you haven't felt it yet, it's coming. You can expect higher prices for toilet paper, diapers, soft drinks, plane tickets, a tank full of gas. Whirlpool is raising prices of some of its appliances by up to 12%. Now a shortage of lumber is adding about $36,000 to the cost of building a typical single-family home. Rental car prices, incredibly high if you can find one. There are chlorine shortages for pools. The global chip shortage is halting car assembly lines. Even ketchup packets are in short supply. Listening to commentators today <laughs> as I was getting dressed, you might think that we should be disappointed. Three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs. <laughs> All right, now we have new report out. Blue states, no surprise here, lost double the jobs than red states during the pandemic. Mayor of San Francisco, we put it up on Hannity.com earlier today. San Francisco needs a guaranteed income so people won't have to worry about how they will pay their bills. Well, nobody's going to want to go back to, in, in any way, shape, manner, or form, to getting to work. Um, you add to the cost, corporations, their new taxes, they will be passed on to we, you, the American people, the consumer. Newt Gingrich has a piece out today, Biden's hidden tax increase about inflation growing because the Biden administration is no other technique for paying off the massive spending uh, that Joe Biden said. It's not going to cost it's not going to cost us a penny. All this spending six trillion dollars. Uh, Mr. Speaker joins us now. Speaker Gingrich, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, and uh, it's uh, frankly I was surprised at the jobs uh, to to have had all these experts project a million new jobs and come in at about two hundred eighty thousand. 
that is a huge gap, particularly since they've also um, reduced the projected numbers for last month. Uh, so the economy is already faltering under the weight of regulations, taxes, uh, an anti-energy policy, you name it. And uh, if I were the Biden people, I'd be very worried right now. Uh, well, yeah, you know, I mean, but, but why should somebody work? If, if let, Let's take San Francisco as an example. Okay, so the mayor of San Francisco, guaranteed income so people don't have to worry how they're going to pay their bills. Why would anybody work? Right. Well, that, look, this is one of the central arguments between conservatives and socialists. Uh, socialists have this naive idea that there are no consequences. Uh, you know, you, you want to allow people to defecate in the street? Well, okay, so the streets are a little messy, but what did you think was going to happen? Uh, you want to give away drugs? Okay, so you have a lot more drug addicts. What did you think was going to happen? And you go through this whole series of things, and liberalism in its, in its socialist form is just compounded of things that don't work. Uh, you know, you want really wealthy people who create jobs to live there? Well, then don't raise taxes like New York and California and drive them out of, out of the place. Meanwhile, the red states, Florida, for example, uh, they keep the taxes low. They keep the streets clean. Uh, they protect and support the police. They have dramatically less crime. Uh, and it's impossible for a socialist to look at those results and have any clue how they happened. You well, know, Joe, uh, Joe and keeps that, lying, that, by the way. Yeah, he keeps saying all the economists, including the liberals as well as the conservative think tanks, point out, we'll, we'll create 16 million good-paying jobs. Uh, no, we have fact-checked this over and over again, and even Pete Buttigieg had to go back and correct himself, and Jen Psaki had to clarify uh, their remarks uh, that in April of 2021, Moody's had already determined the U.S. economy would add the 16 million jobs uh, through 2030, regardless of whether his America Jobs Plan passed. I'm about to make your head explode when you hear the next story. This was from the Washington Examiner. Two stories. One, the Examiner points out Joe Biden's Department of Homeland Security is going to dish out money, social services, permanent status, in other words, amnesty, for illegal immigrants as part of a settlement agreement with hundreds of families separated during the Trump era. Now, what they're basically saying is it sounds to me like that they break the law and we're going to pay them for breaking the law and 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 settle with them. It almost sounds like, you know, a variation on a theme of supporter reparations. And Biden's border chief, uh, Mayorkas, is now saying we shouldn't think of borders as national boundaries. OK, help me out. This is not a world I'm understanding. Well, sure it is. They're crazy. No, it's not, actually. No, no. It is, it's, it's as though you woke up one morning and the family you're surrounded by are certifiably crazy. Uh, I mean, that, that's, what, that's, what, that's what this is, you know, this is the Rocky Horror Picture Show, except it's at noon. Uh, you don't have to go to the late evening showing of it. And these people are nuts. They're I mean, nuts. It's not, that, it's not that they're liberal. They are nuts. They, they, well, they exist well then the we got to think, world. we got to move forward here. So then the only real hope we have, this puts every bit of pressure and urgency on 2022. Well, and on the Republicans fighting every single day now. I mean, when you, when you have, some, for example, we are, there ought to be a resolution in the House and Senate demanding that the Pentagon open up the parking lot over Memorial Day for Rolling Thunder to honor Americans uh, who've served their country. There ought to be a resolution in right now demanding 
that the traditional classic patriotic um, fireworks at Mount Rushmore occur. I mean, every time you turn around, <clears throat> this administration is anti-American. If, if it's patriotic, they're opposed to it. Uh, if, it, if it helps our enemies, they're for it. And people just need to understand, this is an everyday fight. We can't afford to let them destroy the country between elections. Then and at me, the rate they're me... currently going, it's dangerous. And as we continue, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich is with us. Then we'll get to your calls. Let me bring in the Liz Cheney question. You know, I, I never got worked up about the Lincoln Project or Bill Crystal or any of these you know, Republicans in name only. The only the only thing I would argue is they claim that they're conservative and they're not conservative. And if they had a, if they had differences with Donald Trump's style, I could I could understand that. But to help elect a socialist, radical Green New Deal, Joe Biden, who's barely knows what day it is, if he does at all, uh, doesn't justify their their reaction, I don't think, to Trump. Um so Liz Cheney has decided to go rogue and she's pushing her own agenda. We'll report out today that she's even working with generals to write articles about Donald Trump. She's disrupted the entire Republican caucus. And if she wants to pursue her selfish agenda, I'm all for it. But she can't do it in a position of leadership when Republicans need to unite around an agenda that's going to win in a year and a half. Now, what I'm saying the Liz Cheney issue is really simple and really easy. Uh, and it doesn't require much effort. Uh, she has every right as an individually elected representative to vote the way she wants to, to speak the way she wants to. Individual representatives, part of the glory of this country is you, you can have people in the House and Senate who individually are totally out of step, but they get drowned by the collectivity. What she can't do, and, and I, I, I'm confident uh, that with Kevin McCarthy's leadership, she will not be conference chair, uh, and I'm confident that she'll be replaced very quickly. And the reason is she represents a conference in which 110 members voted one way, 210 members voted one way, and 10 members voted the other way. And she, she was one of the 10, so she goes out and she speaks as though she's speaking for the conference. Well, you can't do that. And, and, and then, having realized that it was a huge mistake, she doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down. Uh, and she's been she's been as destructive as she can be. Now I'm sure because look, the Cheneys are smart people. They've been in politics a long time. They understand a lot of stuff. So I'm sure she has some plan. Maybe maybe run as an independent candidate for president in 24. Who knows what? But uh, maybe switch over and become a Democrat. Um, and a lot of things. But but she's clearly deliberately goading the conference. And as a result, the conference is going to do what it should do, which is fire. I do believe that you're probably right. The agenda is probably way beyond. I, I just sense a bitterness in in this whole thing with her. And it's personal on her part. And she's clearly put herself and her own agenda above that of the caucus. And, you know, the, the irony in all of this is that when her dad and her dad's chief of staff, Scooter Libby, by the way, was... It was Donald Trump that pardoned Scooter Libby, not not George Bush. Um, when they came under fire, and and I would argue there were a lot of screw ups in the Iraq War, and the surge did become necessary, and it wasn't popular at the time. Uh, they didn't get that much opposition from their fellow Republicans, and it certainly never became personal. Now it seems that establishment Republicans, this is personal for them. In other words. 
But yet the agenda sure. is lower taxes, less bureaucracy, the, the Constitution, the First and Second Amendment, secure borders, energy independence, free and fair trade, law and order, choice in schools, uh, and peace through strength. The, the agenda is the Reagan agenda, the Trump no, agenda, no, but, the contract with but, America agenda. But, but Sean, Sean, you're being reasonable and rational, and you're pointing to a policy argument. Their feelings are hurt. You know, the poor Bill Crystal uh, was the smartest guy he personally had ever met, and is just shocked. And is just shocked, absolutely shocked, that people don't realize uh, that as as the genius uh, of the past, uh, that that he should be listened to and obeyed. And it's, it's uh, this is deeply personal. This is not policy. In the in the case of Liz, Trump was a genuine revolutionary. I mean, pe- people need to realize. Much of the Bush establishment, both Bush one and Bush two, which was a repudiation of Reaganism, was then repudiated by Trump. And so from their standpoint, this is very personal. And I think finally, from her perspective, he went too far. And as I said, I mean, I, I, my, I believe she had every right to vote the way she honestly believed her constitutional duty letter. She had no right to then turn around and issue press releases on conference chair stationery suggesting that she spoke for the conference because she clearly did not, does not. And, of course, she's since then just doubled and tripled down. And, and whether this means that she leaves politics or whether it means that she stays as the, the leader of the anti-Trump wing of the party, which will be about seven people, um, who knows? And, and, she, and she could run for president. I mean, I always remind well, you. She would do it just to help Biden and the Democrats win, just to be a disruptor right. and, and not really put the country first. Because if you don't realize what they're doing is that dangerous for the country, then you have to question where, you, where you've always been politically, that you really care only about your power, not about what's in the best interest of the people. But I, I'm, I'm just out of time here. We could, we could talk about this all day. But, uh, Mr. Speaker, thank you for being with us. Um, 800-941-SHAWN is our number. Quick break, right back. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. Thanks for being with us. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. All right, Wyoming. David, next. Sean Hannity Show. I've been out there. Speaking of Liz Cheney, we were just talking to Newt Gingrich about her. Um, I was out there. There's this. Uh, her dad was part of a group called Rivers of Recovery. I'd never been fly fishing before, and I've never been since because it's awful. Um, I... <laughs> There's a million bugs, and and you got to work. I like to like throw a line in and wait till the fish bites, and then I pull it in. I'm the lazy fisherman. Uh, anyway, well, Sean, David, you're... thanks for checking in. How are you, sir? I'm good, Sean. It's a pleasure to be on your program. I'm a big fan. Thank you very much. What's going on? Beautiful, beautiful country out there. Well, thank you. We that's why we live here. Uh, the the main thing I wanted to talk to you about. You know, the speaker mentioned that Liz had every right to vote to impeach Donald Trump, but it's that vote that is creating all of the problem with Wyoming conservatives. You know, she she didn't represent our values. You know, like every single person I've I've talked to on my show has said point to that vote as the reason why. Um, we want to replace Liz Cheney as our as our representative because she just fundamentally does not represent the values of Wyoming. I may be wrong, and I agree with you 100 percent, but I sense I've, I've always known this about liberals. The reason that they, I think, rationalize their lies every two years, every four years, or, or Joe will rationalize Jim Crow 2.0 when Georgia's election laws are far more inclusive than his own state of Delaware that he's represented the last 5,000 years. 
uh, and he never lifted a finger to make voting more accessible like Georgia has in his state is I, I just I, if I do believe that there is a a significant portion, not all of the the left wing in this country that truly in their hearts believe that conservatives are evil and that we are dark and that whatever they need to do or say to defeat us is 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 okay because they in their minds think there's this, this superiority about them um there's nothing that donald trump did as president um except stylistically that is not right down the line conservative and everything that i've talked about for 33 years on the radio and 25 years on fox with, with minor deviations you know, between liberty, freedom, capitalism, constitutionalist, lower taxes, less bureaucracy, limited government, secure borders, energy independence, choice in schools, law and order, peace through strength, free and fair trade. It's right. It's down the line conservatism. And he came in, ran as a disruptor. He didn't change. He he, he was an iconoclast. He broke things. He infuriated people. He he shook Washington, the swamp, to the to its to its solar plexus, exposed them for who they are, Republicans and Democrats, frankly, and they hated him for it. I sense that this is even deeper with Liz. Liz knows she's done. She knows she's out. She knows that she doesn't have the support of the caucus. And the real reason is, is because she has put her own personal selfish political agenda above that of the rest of the party. You know, the opposite of what her dad wanted when when they needed help and they needed support and the prosecutor Fitzgerald was going hard at Scooter Libby and Carl Rove and all these other people and when they needed the surge conservatives did rally behind them and it wasn't easy at times and I I just get the impression that they have convinced themselves she has convinced herself that she is so morally superior in her thinking that if it means, you know, maybe running as a third party candidate for president, I think she would do it. And if it means electing a radical new Green Deal socialist in the process, I don't put that beyond her either. I I have no idea what it is, why people think that that she's just put this whole thing about her above all else. And that's not going to end well for anybody. And there's no there's no talking to her. You can't, I couldn't call her and say, Liz, what are you doing? I've known her for years. I haven't really stayed in touch with her for years, but it's uh, it is what it is. She's, she will not win her seat back. She knows that or the or or she'll try and come up with a clever way to get other people to run. That'll siphon votes away from the Republican that would otherwise win. I mean, those types of games go on. But that's as swampy as you get. What's the feel out there in Wyoming? Well, you're exactly right, Sean. You know, the if you came fishing with me out here, first, I'd teach you how to fly fish. But <laughs> second, dude, you, you got to listen to me. Too much work, David. I am not going <laughs> to sit there and with bugs all over my face and just keep w- throwing a line over and over and over again. It just uh, I did it for a good cause. It was for Rivers for, for Recovery for vets struggling after multiple tours of duty, and I'm glad I did it, but I, I didn't love the fishing part of it. But the, the point is, Sean, that even if you had you know bugs all over your face and you didn't like it, you would still spend more time in Wyoming than Liz Cheney has in the past year. And it's you mentioned that 
she's kind of off in her own little world. And that's absolutely true. You know, 70, 73% of Wyoming voted for President Donald Trump. I mean, if that's not a message of how you should vote, I mean, I don't think you could get any clearer. And like I said, she's just not representing the values of Wyoming. And frankly, that's that's all Wyoming conservatives need right there. And there's I agree with you that I don't think she's going to win her seat back. And everything that I'm hearing on the ground here in Wyoming, there are there are solid candidates that that they are going to do. Well, it wouldn't take much, but they're going to do a much better job at representing Wyoming than Liz Cheney ever did. Look, my read on this from the outside, knowing politicians as I know them, my impression is all of this is being done on purpose. She knew the consequences. She didn't care. And, and she, you know, look, she's going to Jeff Bezos's Washington Post for support. You know, Mitt Romney to the rescue and, and others to the rescue. They're not people that have any influence with the base of the party in any way. And I, I assume that, you know, I don't think there's... There's no end to where they will take this. The never Trumpers, Lincoln Project people, if Trump runs in 2024, they they will do all in their power to stop him and work against them. But yet then, on the other hand, tell us they're conservative. They're not conservative. Now, if you want to criticize style or instances or whatever, go right ahead. But you, you can't diminish the accomplishments. The accomplishments were real. And these were things that no president had gotten done in the modern era. And I think that probably frustrated them, too. And, and but for the coronavirus, there was no way Donald Trump wouldn't have easily won reelection, in my view. Oh, I think you're right. And, I, and if you look at Liz Cheney, you know, everybody says that she voted with Trump 94 percent of the time. And while that's true, um, the important votes are the six percent that she didn't vote with the president. And those were all things that mattered to to Wyoming conservatives, border security, um, getting our troops home from overseas. Those are the votes that she didn't side with with the president. And I think that that speaks clearly to the to the fact that she is not a true conservative. I mean, she's more she's more neoconservative than anything. And that's really what what strikes. A, I think there's a lot of truth show. to that. I, I do. And, and there are people that I think want to forever cling to an old military model of the Cold War, not realizing military technology is advanced, that we don't need boots on the ground like we did in Iraq. I'd, I'd like to never s- send our national treasure, our children to fight a war like that again. And we have the we have the military technology that can prevent that. Anyway, David, appreciate it. All right, as we continue, back to our busy phones. Scott is in New Jersey. Scott, a liberal, wants to have a conversation. All right, let's hope we can have a conversation. What's going on, Scott? Absolutely have a conversation. How are you doing today, Sean? I'm good, sir. How are you? Good. I'm good. Thank you. So here's my question for you. Um, I want to know how you justify, on one hand, a love and admiration for the Constitution, uh, while on the other one, providing a platform for conspiracy theorists who aim, whose aim was to overthrow the results of a fair and free election. I, I, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. I do a news show. I'm a talk show host. Uh, you're a liberal yeah, and you're, you're on my show. And yet I'm going to probably disagree with you. So just because I have people on the show that maybe you don't like their opinion, it doesn't mean that no, what they're but- saying isn't news. Um, no, I've been very clear with, about my positions. Do you want to ask me about how what I think about something? Sean, what is your position on the election? On the election of 2020? Yes. Do you think it my was ele- a free and fair election? Very, 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 very clear. N- numerous states, for example, I'll give you a number of examples, had written into their law 
statutes that require that partisan observers be allowed to watch the vote counting. In every single state, that statute was not adhered to. I believe in the law, and you're right, I do believe in the Constitution. If the law states partisan observers can observe, they need to be able to observe. That didn't happen. If the Constitution of a state spells out only very rare specific examples where in mail-in voting can occur, that Constitution must be obeyed. Uh, If you have one set of standards for in-person voting in Georgia and another set of standards for mail-in voting, one without signature verification, one without voter ID, that is that that's not equal treatment of of the citizens of Georgia. Uh, that would be deemed unconstitutional. And at the stinging rebuke of the chief justice in the state of Wisconsin about how they don't allow mail in voting un- except under specific circumstances, saying that you either change the law or you must enforce the law. Uh, I stand by those four examples. Would you like more? Sean, you use a lot of words. You'd never answer the question. I am, you no, no, Joe no. Biden, you asked me for you, specific examples, what I think of the 2020 election. And I gave you four examples where the law and the Constitution were not followed. Specific, truthful examples. Tell me what you disagree with. Do you believe that Joe Biden won the 2020 election? Yes okay, or no? Now you're asking an entirely different question. Uh, no, you at, you said I believe Sean, in the Constitution. You? Can you, you ask me a different question? Now I'm going to give you a very interesting answer. I want to yes or no. Do you believe that Joe Excuse Biden me, I'm going to answer your question election? the way I want to. You can just stand on hold and listen to the answer. I don't believe if you go back to 2000, we ever will know what the accurate vote count was in the state of Florida. I don't know. I mean, the official tally was, I think, 537. Now that we know that laws weren't followed in all of these states about partisan observers, now that we know that we had two separate standards um, in Georgia, now that we know that the Constitution wasn't followed in Pennsylvania, now that we know that similarly laws weren't followed in Wisconsin, I'd argue Michigan as well, and but we don't have enough time, um, I don't think we can ever get an accurate accounting of this election either. Because the only way you can have an accurate accounting is if you follow the law of every state, you have the same standards, and that the constitution of every state is followed. So that's my answer. No. I gave you my answer. If you don't like it, I don't care. I just gave you my answer. I don't think we could ever get an accurate accounting based on the fact that laws were not followed, constitutions were not followed, And it's unfortunate, which is why I am calling for reform. So and you as a liberal should support this. Will you agree with me that every state should have voter ID? Will you agree that signature verification should be the law of the land? Will you agree that chain of custody must be watched by people on all sides of the aisle? Will you agree that voter rolls must be accurately updated every election season? Will you agree with me that partisan observers should watch the vote count start to finish? Do you agree that that should be the case in every state? Sure, and I agree that you say a lot of words that I... No, 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 no. Now you're either going to answer my question. Now you're going to answer my question or I'm going to say goodbye. Do you support those five items for voter integrity and confidence? Yes, I do. Do you believe that we agree on something? And honestly won the 2020 election. Well, you said I'm trying to put words in my mouth, and I am just I am trying to tell you that 
when you don't when you don't follow the law and the Constitution as written in states, then you it you raise in red states. Excuse me, can I finish? Issue. Then you raise sure. issues with confidence and integrity, and I would like to resolve those problems like they were able to do in Florida after 2016. Do you can you answer this question? Can you say a hundred with a hundred percent accuracy? That we know the exact number. There was no error whatsoever in the 2020 election vote count. Can you say that? Al Gore was a gentleman. In I'm asking you, not in asking if Al Gore is a gentleman. Can you say in either 2000 or 2020 that you know that the exact count we were given is accurate, or do you believe it's impossible to know? I think it was accurate, and, uh, and Al Gore was so a you, gentleman. So you stand by that Al Gore won you think George Bush won Florida by 537 votes? That's that seems. Do you to be believe that results? Do yes, you? I, I didn't ask you. Do you believe that is an accurate yes, number? I believe in the Constitution. And I didn't ask you. Do you believe that number yes. in Florida in 2000 is an accurate number? As accurate as we'll ever know. Yes, it was an accurate number. The, the answer is no. No, we can't possibly know the answer. Unfortunately, it was such a mess. We don't know the accurate number. We just don't. And I'm saying if laws aren't followed and the Constitution's not followed, we're never going to get accurate numbers. That's why I'm calling for reform. Anyway, I got to leave. I got to run. Leave it there. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. So, all you know, all the lying. The great irony is, you know, I'm listening to Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, every Democrat, everybody on MSDNC. We, we need a reckoning on disinformation. You know, canceling conservatives on big tech isn't apparently enough for people, and they want to take it fur- further. Biden supporters... Uh, in the big tech, they're cracking down on misinformation. Well, the 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 honestly, the the person that used more misinformation, disinformation than anybody in the world that had the most impact negatively is Hillary and her dirty disinformation Russian dossier that she paid for that resulted in spying on a presidential candidate and a president. But, you know, why let facts get in the in the way of a good story? Right. But the problem is, who are going to be the deciders? For example, we all have in our minds what the word infrastructure means. Infrastructure, bridge, bridges and roads and tunnels and, and those kind of projects. No. The definition of infrastructure is now pre-K uh, education, pre-college education, child daycare, guaranteed government wage, guaranteed you know standard of living, guaranteed Healthy government food, that's all part of infrastructure. That's what they would have you believe. And if there's ever a a reckoning on disinformation, I doubt the people that are deciding like big tech or the media mob, what's true and what's not true, ever going to tell us the truth. Um, It's actually pretty sad. You know, when you get to the issue of they're trying to tell us the new green deal is about climate. It's not about climate. There's a little bit, but it's mostly about radical socialism that's what the green new deal agenda is which we have spelled out in details i won't repeat right now uh we'll get to mark morano and joe bastardi on this in just a second now the former obama undersecretary at the department of energy 
His name is Dr. Steve Coonan is actually saying human beings haven't broken uh, the climate system and that these alarmists are misinformed. How did he hide out in that administration for the period that he worked for Biden Obama? Here's what he said. When you read the official reports from the U.N. and the U.S. government, you find some surprises. For example, even though the globe has warmed by about two degrees Fahrenheit over the last century, the incidence of heat waves across the 48 states is no greater now than it was in 1900. And the highest temperatures haven't gone up in 60 years. We have been able to find no detectable influence on hurricanes from humans. And the models that we use to predict future climates have become more uncertain, even as they've become more sophisticated. So all of these things suggest that people who say that we've broken the climate and face certain doom unless we take drastic action are just misinformed about what the official reports actually say. Well, we know that Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez thinks that the world is going to end in 12 years. She said this a year or two ago. Listen. Overhauling our economy to decarbonize and save the planet is going to be expensive. Try not decarbonizing our economy and allowing sea levels to rise, every coastal city to go underwater, every Midwestern city or large swaths of the middle of the country experiencing drought on a level that we have not seen. Um, That's going to be way more expensive. You think when it comes to climate change? What is not realistic is not responding to the crisis on the, on the, not responding with the solution on the scale of the crisis. Because what's not realistic is Miami not existing in a few years. That's not realistic. So we need to be realistic about the problem. I think that the part of it that is generational is that millennials and people and you know gen z and all these folks that come after us are looking up and we're like the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change and your biggest issue is your your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it and like this is the war this is our world war ii and john Kerry said regarding climate change policy says No one is being asked to sacrifice. You said twice getting to net zero is going to be hard, really hard. And uh, just remind everybody that 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 will depend on whether or not we have some breakthrough technologies and breakthrough innovations, number one. But even if we get to net zero, we still have to get carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. So this is a bigger challenge than a lot of people have, have, have sort of really grabbed onto yet. And indeed, for many people on the planet today, the climate crisis is an existential threat. But they, like the young woman who spoke yesterday, know that we are not yet behaving as if it is an existential threat. That is the challenge of today. And the message that we hope leaps out from today's panels is that no one is being asked for a sacrifice. This is an opportunity for better health, for great jobs with extraordinary opportunities of the future to grow our economies and to provide for much greater security for our nations. (laughs) Certainly he's not sacrificing. 
Anyway, Mark Morano is back with us, author of Green Fraud. It's just out, a brand new book. We'll put it up on Hannity.com. It's on Amazon.com, in bookstores everywhere. And Joe Bastardi back with us. His book was a bestseller, The Weaponization of Weather in the Phony Climate War. Uh, thank you both for being with us. Mark, we'll start with you. Um, so you listen to this former undersecretary, Department of Education under Obama. Uh, I think Steve Coonan probably has it pretty right. Yeah, he does. And the courage to speak out. I mean, this is an Obama Biden administration scientist breaking his silence, coming out with his dissent. And of course, the uh, progressive activists in the climate movement are already trying to smear him and doing fact checks, all kinds of things on him. But he is he is going to be he is so far been strong. He's not backing down. And it just goes to show you, we have Nobel Prize winning scientists. We have former U.N. scientists who've turned against the organization. Steve Coonan is just the latest name. And it's an amazing thing to watch. Many of the scientists are on the left, but they just couldn't handle how the politics of the of climate uh, politics infested the whole climate movement. I mean, now the Green New Deal is being defined as you can't have a Green New Deal without abolishing the police. This is the latest this week. They want to cancel pet ownership. They want us to eat insects. It just goes on and on. So it's no surprise that the science was distorted for this kind of a wacky agenda. You know, you've taken a lot of heat yourself, Joe Bastardi. Um, and meanwhile, I think between you and Mark, I can't think of two people that know more about weather and that it's not only your job, but it's your life's passion. I mean, crazy former storm chaser uh, that you've been in your life. And yet when you give the history and you can give the history of every hurricane with every name, with every bit of damage and devastation and, and pattern that it took, um, everybody, you know, they seem to bubble and fizz like Alka-Seltzer every time you, you say what you say about, you know, this phony climate war. Yeah, well, that's what the book is about. It's a uh, reputation with actual examples of weather events uh, that were much worse. You've got to understand, uh, we are my company, weatherbell.com, is a small company. And but we're a top 10 global weather forecasting company now. And part of the reason is because we've got two uh, older guys, myself, Joe DeLeo, boy wonder Tom Downs, who uh, supplies information uh, that the newer generation is seeing. And we have looked and looked and looked. And when somebody comes up and says something, and you can instantly off the top of your head pull out five to ten direct weather events that refute it, this is what I wrote about, and this is why our company picked out that Texas freeze well, uh, well more than a week away. I'm going to say something about that, too. I love Governor Abbott. I love, I love Senator Cruz. But when I looked at what the proposals in the wake of the Texas freeze were, Sean, nothing. What, I did not see anything about let's get some extra eyes on the weather for warning. The National Weather Service in the United States is the best in the world. Do not get me wrong. I know I have my disagreements with NOAA about climate change, but boy, I'll tell you what, they're a fantastic organization. We should be very proud of it. But uh, when you have someone who basically, you know, we have to be right in the private sector or we're going to get fired, especially with 1,700 other companies out there and also the Weather Service, when you have someone with that kind of experience yeah, I was just asking for a chance to get in front of people and say, look, this is what we have to look at also. But here's the problem. It involves an agenda 
that people have ignored. We let them steamroll this right through. It started in 2015 when Gina McCarthy said it will make no difference. That's exactly what she said. And you heard President Biden say that we're all going to be an example for the rest of the world with a mass economic suicide with an impossible utopian dream of zero carbon footprint. Well, this is what you get. What you tolerate today, you embrace tomorrow and celebrate in the next generation. And that's what I think you see going on out there. How is it possible, Mark Verano, and correct me if I'm wrong on the facts, my understanding is, is that the United States... Uh, has been leading every industrialized nation in terms of reducing uh, uh, emissions, CO2 emissions. And yet Joe wants to join the the climate accords in Paris once again, which then would recognize China and India as developing countries. And what they pay is negligible to the massive sums of money that will cost the American taxpayers. Yeah, I mean, China has been playing us here. Uh, first of all, John Kerry is willing to overlook any Chinese human rights abuses. He doesn't care. He wants to get some kind of assurance, some kind of signature from the Chinese leader to, and, and uh, declare victory on climate. But you're absolutely right, son. The United States, President Trump was there, withdrew from the U.N. Paris Agreement, which was absolutely meaningless when it comes to climate. But it was a big, giant uh, political boondoggle and threatened U.S. sovereignty and financing everything. But the United States under Trump, not only did we become the world's largest oil and gas producer, we became not only energy independent, but energy dominant. For the first time since Harry Truman was president, we had more energy exports than imports. And this is the kicker. During that time, we were, we were leading the world in the biggest reductions in CO2. We were, we were reducing our CO2 faster than any other nation. All the signatories of the U.N. Paris Agreement were shaming us for not signing or staying in the U.N. Paris Climate Pact. Well, we were blowing them away with actual results. And we did it because if you actually care about environment, state of the earth, climate, you would do the opposite of the Green New Deal. You would do Trump's policies of incredible economic growth, technological innovation, energy explosion, and what that ends up resulting in is, a, is you have the best environmental standards of domestic energy. All the Green New Deal is, all the U.N. Paris Agreement is going to do is offshore our mining, our energy exploration, our emissions to countries that don't have the same environmental standards or technology as us. It makes no sense from beginning to end, the entire climate agenda, if you think that they actually care about climate. What, all of their policies will only harm planet Earth and the climate. How, how is it possible, Joe Bastardi, for a new Green Deal, because the planet is going to be destroyed in 12 years, um, and $10 trillion is the estimated cost just to start this madness, and, and all of Joe's spending now on infrastructure, emergency COVID relief, you know, blue state bailouts, all down payments on the new Green Deal. And, and I'm trying to understand how, how a Green Deal is connected to child care. How is it connected to pre-K daycare? Uh, How is it connected to a guaranteed government job, guaranteed government wage, guaranteed government healthy food, guaranteed uh, government health care, retirement, and the list goes on and on? How, How is that related in any way to anything green? It's not. As a matter of fact, the planet is greener than it's ever been in the satellite era right now. So the real green deal is the extra CO2 in the atmosphere is fertilizing uh, plants even more. In fact, I was walking by a tree the other day. It tried to hug me because I'm a CO2-emitting uh, <laughs> organism. A hundred uh, times exhale more than I uh, 
then I inhale CO2. But look, this is a phony war. There's no question about it. They came into the domain that I have loved since I was three years old, stuck it in the sewer, and dragged it through there. That's called politics, all right? And uh, so it's a phony war, and they weaponized the weather for it. And let me tell you something, brother. That Texas freeze was nothing. Here comes hurricane season. Anytime it gets hot or it's dry someplace, it's all coming. So you know what? When you're ready to have me and Mark on for that. And by the way, Mark's book is unbelievable. It nails the political agenda perfectly. My domain is the weather. And I also have an interesting little uh, way. If you fear CO2, folks, we can get rid of it pretty easily if you actually look at it. It's eco-friendly. So there are ways out of this that don't involve $10 trillion and more of what is a push for indentured servitude of future generations to a massive uh, debt that has to be repaid. Pretty, pretty unbelievable agenda that these guys have. Uh, Mark, congratulations on the book. Thank you for being with us. Joe Bastardi, thank you for being with us. 800-941-SHAWN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break, right back. All right, 25 uh, till the top of the hour, 800-941-SHAWN on this Friday. We'll get to your calls in uh, just a minute here. I want to go back to what I played earlier. The you know, Biden had a, a bad week in a lot of ways having to explain why he wears a mask indoors and outdoors after being vaccinated. You know, he's walking into Jimmy Carter's house. He and Joe Biden is totally socially distant, wearing masks outside, going into the house and around the 96 year old former president, his 93 year old wife. They're right on top of each other. They have no masks on. Then they walk back outside and put their masks back on outside, explaining that it's actually bizarre um and and strange then uh this is biden trying to explain the disappointing jobs numbers not seemingly able to recognize that people are not looking for work because of the monies that they're getting for staying home yeah that makes a lot of sense doesn't it president do you believe enhanced unemployment benefits had any effect on diminishing a return to work in some categories no nothing measurable Anyway, 800-941-SHAWN if you want to be a part of the program. All right, so there is out in Maricopa County in Arizona. So anyway, the the county's attorney's office informed the former Republican secretary of state out there, Ken Bennett, of a decision this week that they are refusing uh, an order to turn over routers or router images, whatever the hell they are, to election auditors defying a judge's ruling. Okay, what gives them the right to defy a judge's ruling? Because the county was told late last month while delivering subpoenaed election materials to the state Senate's custody that delivering routers or images posed a significant security risk to law enforcement data utilized by Maricopa County Sheriff's Office, as well as numerous federal agencies. I thought they're handing it over to elected officials, and I would assume that they have the right to be present the whole time. I don't know. We'll find out in a second. But um, anyway, a spokesperson for the county told the Epic Times in an email that it's technology professionals determine the information contained in the routers can be used as blueprints to intercept sensitive county data. Maricopa County has more than 50 county departments, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so the withheld routers are just the latest of what are a series of many roadblocks uh, 
to the Arizona Senate attempted audit of the 2020 election, which has now been going on for some time. So what's going on out there? I don't know, but Kelly Ward should know. She's the chairwoman of the Arizona GOP. Uh, Okay, so my understanding is the court ordered that they be turned over, and they're now defying a court order. Why do I believe in life if I defied a court order that I'd be in trouble? Sean, you are exactly right. These Maricopa County bureaucrats and, unfortunately, some elected Republicans are defying the court. The court has ruled several times that the Arizona State Senate and the legislature as a whole has the, the right, the authority, to look at this data, and now they are just blatantly ignoring the law. This is a Democrat tactic that's been used again and again and again. And I can tell you, the attorneys are making making a lot of bucks out here on this election. But we're willing to spend whatever it takes to make sure that America's audit is completed. What is this report that came out, I believe, of ABC 15 in Phoenix, that the Biden Department of Justice is going to get involved in some capacity here? Has, has anything moved on that front? Well, the Democrats and and our Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, who called Trump supporters neo-Nazis, in case people out there don't know, she's trying to involve the Justice Department. I mean, I think it's a very politicized Justice Department at this point. She's also involving the Brennan Center for Justice and the so-called Democracy Project. Those are all groups that are radical left-wing social justice warriors trying to change the very fabric of our nation. And so her latest attempt to overcome the Arizona State Court's decision that allows this audit to proceed is to try to bring in the DOJ. And I will tell you, the federal government has absolutely no authority to interfere in Arizona elections or in this audit. It has nothing to do with violations of minority rights that they're asserting or potential lack of security. It really has everything to do with Democrat abuse of power and federal government intrusion in our elections here in our great state of Arizona. I'd, I'd like to have an answer to this question. If, if this is a genuine concern that, that blueprints can uh, on the routers, whatever the hell they are, I don't even know, uh, can intercept sensitive county data, why don't they just hire law enforcement and professionals to make sure something like that does not happen? Exactly. And I can tell you that the ballots and the procedures that are happening at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum under the direction of the Arizona State Senate and under the contractors that they hired, who are very professional, world-class people who understand how to get this job done, are Uh, 20 times more secure than what they are at Maricopa County. In the Coliseum, there are 19 armed guards. There are security cameras running around the clock, and there is public access to nine different cameras showing the audit as it's in process. None of that happens at the Maricopa County Tabulation Center. So, uh, And every procedure that they're doing, Sean, is done with the utmost professionalism and with the the knowledge that there is sensitive information on everything that they're looking at. Um, There is no voter information. There's no way to expose who voters are. But 
um, that information inside those routers is important for these auditors to be able to see so that they can report to the state Senate. And we can change our legislation if needed, and we can report anything that might be criminal behavior to both our attorney general and to the Congress. Look, to me, it's just a simple matter of law and order. There, there are plenty of laws that I don't like, for example, in the state of New York. Um, I've had to a number of times uh, modify, you know, firearms done by professional dealers uh, to follow the letter of the law completely. Uh, you know, I wouldn't dare think of violating the law because I think that if I violate the law, they'd love to put me in jail, probably, and throw away the key. And, and maybe you can sneak in with a cake and a file. Maybe I'll, I'll you know, get out somehow. Um, but in all seriousness, I've, I've got to imagine that considering the court now has weighed in on this several times, that it, they're not going to be able to defy a court order for much longer. Am I right about that or are they? Well, I certainly I certainly hope not. But the audit is ongoing, even as we speak. So nothing that the Democrats are trying is stopping the audit. The full hand count of 2.1 million ballots is going on right now. The audit of the ballots themselves to be sure that every ballot that was cast is actually a legitimate ballot is ongoing, as well as the evaluation of what they're able to see from the information so far. Now, Maricopa County did also reveal they don't have the secondary password to get into the administration part of those machines, and they are fighting not to have to find it to give to the auditors. That I think is uh, something that exposes that the county has no control over the elections whatsoever. They've completely outsourced it without any right to oversight. And that should throw the the uh, certification of the election into question in and of itself. All right. We appreciate the update. Kelly Ward, chairman, Arizona GOP, will continue to watch the story. Um, I find it fascinating that you know, liberals can get away with pretty much everything and conservatives go to jail for uh, spitting on the sidewalk or jaywalking. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Aaron Nevada next, Sean Hannity Show, Don Radio. What's going on? Sean, uh, first of all, thank you so much for uh, taking my call. Um, it's an honor to talk to you. I've listened to you since I was a teenager in the back of my thank mom's you. car. I don't even want to ask how I don't even want to ask how old you are now. It's going to make me feel really old. <laughs> I'm man, oh man! When I was twelve. Wow. Well, thank you for being with us. Thanks for calling and thanks for listening all this time. Thank you, Sean. Uh, my my question to you is: um, How do you feel about the Republican Party's future with all that's gone on, with what's going on with the shadow presidency that we now have? Um, behind the scenes, the squad, the Green New Deal, and also the results of the of the fake election uh, that happened. Uh, do you see the Republican Party as being galvanized and regrouping and really coming back strong for 2022 and 2024, or do you just see us in, in it really in tatters? I, listen, I think this this election in Texas is pretty is Isabel weather and Democrats have every right to look at a, a district that Trump won by three points and the two that will survive and, and go into an, another election, go into a runoff election are both Republicans. I, I think that is a 
I don't know, but maybe a preview of coming attractions, but never underestimate Republicans' ability to blow stuff either. Here's the thing. The Make America Great Again agenda is what it is. And, and I try to, I've been saying it a lot, not to repeat myself, but to just educate people how simple it is to be a conservative. If this conservative party can just, you know, if we can shut off the noise that's, that's all around us from the mob and the media, the battles with big tech, uh, the, the democratic radical socialists, because we better pay attention. If we get 2022 wrong, it's over. H.R. 1 is the law of the land. If, if you know, the legislative filibuster will be gone. Uh, if we get it wrong, uh, you know, packing the court will be our future. D.C., Puerto Rico, statehood, our future. Open borders, amnesty, our future. And under that case scenario, I don't see America ever turning red again. So I think it's a tipping point moment. The agenda itself needs to be focused on. And it needs to be fought for. If, if Trump taught people one thing fight for your promises and principles you know and and it's easy we we're the party of where where the american people believe in liberty and freedom and capitalism and our constitution including the first and second amendment we are the party of law and order safety and security for every american that that should be a fundamental right we believe in choice in schools and, and what we have done to our school system is a disgrace, especially in states and cities that have been run by dec- Democrats for decades. Uh, we believe in limited government, low taxes. We believe in limited government regulations so that businesses can thrive. We want law and order on the border and secured borders. We want energy independence, the lifeblood of, our, of the world's economy. Uh, we want constitutionalists on the bench. We want health care, free market solutions. Yes, protecting pre-existing conditions, free and fair trade. And we want peace through strength and the biggest badass military in an evil world to protect our freedoms. That's it. Now, is it true that what I've just said very simply, can every Republican recite that themselves? The reason I repeat it is not to hear myself talk. I can promise you that, Aaron. I say it because anybody that wants to run for office, if you're not standing on those simple principles and values that work and you can't fight for those values, then get out of the way so somebody who will fight for those values for the future of this country can win and will will get the job done. That's what I'm looking for. I don't personality. It's I have believed in these principles my entire 33 year radio career and my entire 25 years on TV. It's taken me a while to just sum it up that simply. You know, we've had the conservative solution caucus in place since 2014. And I'll give you the last word. But if we do that, we'll have a better country. Yeah, and I completely believe that. And the other thing, too, is is people don't realize that we are the majority all the things you just talked about, people, the majority of Americans believe that. Uh, I, I live in Nevada, and I still can't find a Biden supporter. I don't know if I just scare them away or something like that, but all I find are Trump supporters. All I find are red Republicans, no rhinos. And I just, I, I'm just really hoping that it galvanizes us and we regroup. Thanks so much for taking my call, Sean. It's a pleasure. Well, to talk we appreciate to you. you being out there, sir. Thank you. 
All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. But uh, let me just remind you that it's time for everybody to fully engage your state legislatures on the five issues with elections, you know, voter ID, signature verification, chain of custody, partisan observers observe, you know, always, you know, annually clean the voting rolls. Not hard. And especially happy Mother's Day to all the great moms in all of our lives. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. You deserve it.